When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week on WealthTrack, in an exclusive interview, Treasury bond maven Robert Kessler warns of a coming recession and where to take shelter. Next on Consuelo Mack, WealthTrack. Hello and welcome to this edition of WealthTrack. I'm Consuelo Mack. Don't expect interest rates to rise anytime soon. The Fed is on hold. As Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell put it after the Fed's policy-setting meeting in March, The U.S. economy is in a good place, and we will use our monetary policy tools to keep it there. And in case you had any doubts about the Fed's intent, he added, it may be some time before the outlook for jobs and inflation calls clearly for a change in policy. The Fed raised its benchmark federal funds lending rate four times last year to a range between 2.25 and 2.5 percent before abruptly putting the increases on hold in January. That decision followed a sharp market correction, slowing growth overseas, and heightened trade tensions late last year. But early this year, the market staged a recovery. Trade tensions appear to be easing, and the U.S. job market is strong. So what's the problem? Well, the bond market is signaling possible trouble ahead. For the first time since 2007, long-term interest rates, as measured by the yield on the 10-year Treasury note, fell below short-term rates as measured by the yield on three-month Treasury bills. Known as an inverted yield curve, it is considered to be a reliable indicator of recession. This week's guest is one of the few investors who has identified plenty of problems and has spoken about them numerous times on WealthTrack. Backed by popular demand is Robert Kessler, founder and CEO of Kessler Investment Advisors, a manager of fixed income portfolios with a specialty in U.S. treasuries for institutions and high net worth individuals around the globe. Kessler is now telling clients that there is a recession dead ahead. Um, All the indicators we have are beginning to turn down. Mm -hmm. And when enough of them turn down, whether it's housing or automobile sales or credit card debt, any of these problems that have been building over the last eight or 10 years, um, eventually an economy slows down and you end up with a, a recession. We call it a recession here because it's two quarters. Right, of, of, um, uh, of, of negative, negative, ge- growth. negative growth. Right. Um, I I think the great difficulty is trying to understand why that's going to happen, especially considering we've had all of this stimulus in the economy for eight or ten years. Why can't we just keep doing it? Normally, recessions in the United States, when you have that slowdown, you, you try to stimulate the economy in a way that benefits everyone. And that would be infrastructure projects. Mm -hmm. It would be tax stimulus. We didn't exactly do that. What we did was, to use an expression that everyone else uses, bailed out very well-to-do banks and individuals 
And the rest of the population really didn't get much out of that. And, and so from a, from a, just a broad, a broad viewpoint, right. uh, when you don't do that, you, you end up needing to adjust it again and with inequities in the economy. And, and that's kind of where we're heading now. So what most people expect is that the consumer will be there to bail everyone out. Mm -hmm. And the difficulty is the consumer really doesn't have a lot. The credit card debt's high enough. The student loans are high enough. Virtually everything has put the consumer in a position where he really can't continue. And so the difficulty now is when you have a slowdown this time, how do you deal with that? Mm -hmm. And the way it's usually done is the monetary authorities lower interest, interest rates. rates. And the normal lowering of interest rates is about two and a half, three percent, except at two and a half, three percent, we're at zero. Right. Now what do you do? And the difficulty now for this country, the difficulty for virtually everyone who's involved in the economy is how do we stimulate it again without increasing the deficit to the point that we can't sustain it? So, so what's going to cause the recession? First of all, corporations are in terrible shape. They're in bad shape because they took all the money mm -hmm. that has accrued to them through tax breaks and through a period of time that was really a pretty good period of time for major corporations. They took that money, and instead of capitalizing on the world or building organic things, right. they took Capital all the money. spending and reinvesting. They in took the all the money, and they bought their own stock. Mm-hmm. And then they paid themselves a lot of money. And, and, and again, I'm not, this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And we have created the largest debt bubble this country has ever seen in the corporate sector in terms of the quality of the debt. We call that triple B, which is just on the verge of not being investment grade. Mm -hmm. It represents 50% of the debt of corporate America. And is that a very unusual? Not only is it unusual, it's scary. Mm -hmm. Because if you have a slowdown, then immediately the credit agencies begin to look at these companies and say, well, in a slowdown, maybe they won't be able to get that debt back or pay for it. And over the next three or four years, we have trillions of dollars of that debt coming due. Mm -hmm. And if we're slowing down, how do you do that? Well, what happens is the credit agencies come in and they lower the credit of triple B one notch down. And suddenly all the institutions mm -hmm. that own that debt, by definition, they have to have investment grade. Suddenly it's not investment right, grade. Triple B and, and they above. have to sell it. Okay. And who do they sell it to? Because no one's going to want to buy it. And it's unusual because thinking about this period of time, in four months, it'll be the longest theoretical expansion this country has ever seen. Right. Now, how can that be if all of it's been supported by stimulus, mm -hmm. which hasn't gone to the average person, it's gone to those corporations. To make that a little bit more understandable from the, the consumer mm -hmm. side of it, uh, we had Mr. Powell, the head of the, uh, right. the Federal Reserve, right. get up. And one of the questions to him was, Gee, Americans seem to be defaulting on their automobile loans. There are six million, seven million defaults right now. 
It's an enormous number. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Powell answered that by saying, well, there's more cars on the road. So he's saying as a percentage of the total car stock out there or whatever, that it's not, he's not alarmed by it. But this is... But you're saying... I'm alarmed by it. What do you mean? This is is silliness. (laughs) It's still 7 million people. It's still 7 million people. And if you think that's bad, then you have to look at a place like China. We all know there's a huge amount of empty space, empty factories, empty homes. I think the number now is 22 million empty houses or apartments or whatever you want to call it. It's only a matter of time before they have this problem. Mm -hmm. And so... As you look around the world this morning, this morning, Germany and France came out and said, we are really, really slowing down without numbers. Right. That's a very serious situation. So let me me just finish. Mm -hmm. The reason it's so serious is usually we're the ones who start this mess. Mm -hmm. As you point out, we don't have any terrible excess. We do. It doesn't appear to be. This time, it's... Global. Global. In, in, in the U.S., let me just, just finish the thought that, that the most conventional people are pointing to, and which is why, even though the Federal Reserve is now on hold for the foreseeable future, um, you know, they cited the fact that the job market in the U.S. was pretty strong. And in fact, uh, that the, and the job market is critical to the continuity of our economy and its growth. And if people are employed and they can get, you know, better jobs or they can change jobs, if they're confident uh, in their ability to get a job, then, you know, they tend to keep spending. And and they are the foundation of our our economic growth. What do you say to that? The reality of the job market is always the same. It is a lagging indicator. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if you stop and think about the idea of what happens to corporations... Now I'm the corporation who needs to refinance and the economy's slowing down. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing I do? I fire people. Mm-hmm. It's always people. Or stop hiring them and then you fire them. Now, right? Whatever. Right. Job growth. And oddly stops. enough, we are at that point. What I'm talking about is how we all live. And where you say everyone's got a job, everyone doesn't have a good job. There's a vast number of people who don't have one month. They say mm-hmm. it's 80% of our population cannot go one month right, losing a job. Right. They go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. That's not good. And so, yeah, there's a lot of things that on the surface appear to be good, but then I look at the same thing everyone else does. If you speak to the average person on the street who's trying to make a living, Everyone isn't in that top 10%. Right. They are defaulting on cars, or they can't buy a house because of the amount of, of debt they have on a student loan. Right. So we're, we're back into this, and I'm not talking socialistically or anything else. I'm just simply saying this is what it is. So the whole world almost now is at zero, if not yes, negative. Yes, or negative. And it's right. not working. Right. It's not working. Because simply lowering rates doesn't put any money in my pocket, mm-hmm. someone else's pocket. And, and so when you look at this whole scenario, which you're talking about is, so what happens next then? If you lower the rates from two and a half to zero, okay, what do we do? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it is a very complicated, difficult problem. And that is what this country 
is facing. Because if you use up all of the tax benefits you just gave to someone else, normally those tax benefits would come in on the slowdown. But we just did it. Mm -hmm. And the wrong people perhaps benefited. Let me ask you about the inverted yield curve, which you didn't want to talk about, because after all, you are a bond <laughs> investor. So what, what happened recently, for the first time since 2007, is we got what's called an inverted yield curve. And that meant that the, that the long-term rates, as measured by the 10-year Treasury note, the yield on that went below what the, the short-term rate was, measured in this case by three-month Treasury bills. Mm-hmm. That usually signals a recession. And the, or, or you, you tell me why it's, it's, that is significant or why it, you don't think it's significant. It's difficult to do business when something long-term is, uh, is in this case, lower than something that's short-term. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, you raise money on a short-term basis. My God, i got to go out 10 years to get cheaper money. Mm-hmm. Let, let me, I know, the reason I, I wanted to avoid the inverted yield curve is the Federal Reserve in this country has raised rates nine times. That is an enormous amount of raises. That in itself made this economy much tighter. And there's a lag time with the Federal Reserve, right. too. 18 months or something, right, typically? And so now the effect of those nine times is beginning to hit the economy. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't go away tomorrow because the Fed lowers the rates. Everyone's still in this process of Of adjusting to higher rates. Of higher rates. I see. And and so the the inverted yield curve, whether it comes a year before the recession, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. What does matter is, this is the most important part, is the stock market and most of the asset classes are going down before the recession, the big drop in the market isn't, oh, it's recession time, we're going to sell the market. No, it starts now. Mm-hmm. And so the great difficulty is we probably made a peak for all I know in October in the, in the market, regardless the of where market. it is, mm-hmm. in the stock market. But before you get to the recession, the market anticipates that. So from a viewer viewpoint, well, what should I do? Mm-hmm. You, you probably shouldn't be in anything that gets affected by recessions. And that's probably any corporation. So any, what do they call, risk assets? Any risk asset so is going stocks, to be affected. high-yield bonds. And I don't care how good right. you think the company is, when they come down, they all come down. Mm-hmm. And they come down on average, which is the bad part, anywhere between 30 and 50% in a decent recession. Mm-hmm. And a I decent, and in other words, a regular severe recession. recession. Yeah, a regular right. recession. Let's have a recession. And, and so you can't avoid this. Yeah. And so the question always becomes, okay, so what should I do? One, you shouldn't own those things. It's not like I can own them until the recession comes. It's too late. Mm-hmm. And so when people say, well, what do you think the right time to get out is? When you think it's coming. Right. And, and, and I think that's a very important um, position that... that probably we have an obligation, having been in this market a long time, mm-hmm. um, that you have to recognize. We've seen it before. Right. This is not new stuff. The only difficulty here is we don't have the same way to get out of it 
as we've had in the past. Well, we'll lower rates, we'll give a little stimulus, and everyone will be happy. You know, you, you have, over the years on, on WealthTrack, have talked about Japan. Now, everyone else that I talk to has told me, Japan is a basket case, we don't want to become a Japan. Well, when you're describing what is happening in the U.S., it reminds me of Japan. So but why it, can't we it, do that? But it has worked. Right. Will we, but, will we follow Japan? That's Right, but it hasn't worked in Japan. I mean, they haven't had strong economic growth. You don't need strong economic... Okay, so either do we, Here. right? Let me, okay. let me explain yeah, well, let me, why that works. Well, right. In theory, in Japan, I'm a pet subject of mine... I know it is, yeah. Everyone in Japan owns their own debt. They don't depend on China. No, right, because they, they own Japanese government debt. They own Japanese government right. debt. And when they everyone owns bonds. when everyone owns bonds, you tend to get what you want. If everyone wants infrastructure and better medical care and all those things, they actually have that. Mm -hmm. Great roads, great because trains. Because they're self-financing. They're self-financing. And whatever, when, whenever you get everyone to do it, Look, in the United States, in the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s, we said buy government bonds. Right. It was good for the country. Mm -hmm. There isn't one senator, one congressman, or certainly the president, who says you should be buying treasuries. Make America great. Mm -hmm. Buy some treasuries. No one says that. In Japan, they do. Right. They don't own stocks, actually. The vast majority of individuals don't own stocks. They own, they own government and bonds. And, and you ask how they can do that. Right. Well, if the rates are zero and the GDP of the country is a half of 1%, mm -hmm. I can pay for the debt. I just need to make enough mm -hmm. to cover that asset, which is really the growth of all these areas in, in, in Japan. Japan is probably in, in better shape in many ways than a lot of countries, but it's 30 years. So when people say, well, how long will this recession last? How long will this process of slowing down, how, what's it going to look like? I don't know. It yeah. took 10 years of this craziness to get here. Mm -hmm. How long to get out of it? It took Japan so far 20 or 30 years. Right. And, and that is a very disquieting event for us in the United States, where we've always been the leader, mm -hmm. and we could be there first. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you have uh, other countries trying to do the same thing. So, so we'll, we'll get back to the, the beauty of treasuries. And actually, I also want to, one of the things that you had wanted to talk about is that you feel that we in the United States should be, as citizens do, as the Japanese citizens do, is we should own more U.S. treasuries, self-finance, so we don't have to be dependent upon foreigners buying our debt, like the Chinese, right? So the, you think that that's something that should be encouraged? The United States... Um, and that we should encourage ourselves People to in the United States own about 2.2% of treasuries. That's all. That's all they wow. own. In the past, right. it was around 9%. Mm -hmm. Now, if... Americans bought 9%. They virtually own all the treasuries. 9% mm -hmm. is a lot, a lot of trillions of dollars. Mm -hmm. the, the great difficulty is to understand the value of why you're buying a treasury. Let me give you just one quick example. Yeah, give us an example, yeah. December of this... So we don't have to go back too far. Let's just go to December. The market kind of crashed. Sure did. 
There isn't one asset class that you could name or anyone can name that did well under those conditions, except one. Treasuries went up in value and everything else went down. The whole point being, how could you not want to have that very simple hedge? The worst that happens is you get 2% or 2.5%, but the value of it goes up when everything else goes down. So Mm -hmm. what percent of your money should be there? Mm -hmm. Obviously, in the past, it used to be 9 or 10%. Right. Now it's nothing. Mm-hmm. So right, that's, most Wall Street experts are, are saying again, you never hear anyone say buy, you know, buy, right. buy treasuries. Right. There's a real reason to buy treasuries besides the fact that you go to sleep at night and you feel a little bit more mm-hmm. comfortable. But people make money with treasuries. Do you have an idea of if 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 we are going into a recession? Who knows when? But at some point, all the indicators, most of the indicators, are turning down. Which treasuries in me, particular me, are the, are, are the let me best? Take it, let me take it from a different viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Everyone understands equities. This is the risk of equities. We assign it a risk level. Everyone does mm-hmm. in our business. Mm-hmm. And that risk level is 16%, meaning at any given time, the market can go up or down 16%. So is, is that kind of the, the average is, range that kind you're going to... That's right, kind of okay. what happened. Of course, in December, roughly 16%. Right, right. Okay. So it can go up and down 16%. Now, the obvious place to be in the Treasury market is what you understand from a mathematical viewpoint. And we do actually have something mm-hmm. that we absolutely mathematically know. And that is, if the Federal Reserve goes down a half point, the two-year Treasury generally goes down a half point. The, the yield. The yield. Right. So it, it's, and, it's and the, the price of the And the price of the two-year treasury goes right, up. It goes up. And so if you want to own the two-year treasury, which has a risk parameter of only 2%, remember the equity market had 16%. Mm-hmm. So you want to kind of leverage that two-year treasury to 16%. So let's really look at it from the viewpoint of where we're sitting right now and say, I think the Federal Reserve, of which a lot of people do, is going down 1% because mm-hmm. they have the lower rates. 1% means that owning those two-year treasuries multiplied, in this case, times eight, you just made 16%. All mm-hmm. I did was buy more of that two-year treasury. Uh-huh. People kind of always think of that like, oh, you're buying them on margin. There are other ways to do it. So they, we'll have that So on that, that's an easy thing All to right. do. Keep now, you don't have to do that. Right. You could just simply own the two-year, and that's fine, too. But there is a way to participate in this market. But the two-year really right. is. So that's the purest play on what the Federal Reserve and does. And that's what everyone is going to do right now, except right. you. Everyone is going to do... Everyone meaning institutions are waiting and looking for exactly this to happen mm-hmm. because every single time the Federal Reserve is going to react in this way... They know how to participate in right. it. In the in the two year treasury. In the two year treasury. Right. So the one investment for a long term diversified portfolio would be what should we all own some of? I own treasuries because A, they make sense mm-hmm. on a passive basis. There are ways now, right now, to own treasuries on an investment basis where you really can make money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen all the time because the two year goes down faster than the other maturities. Mm -hmm. So that trade 
is the trade of the day. Right. So you want the trade du jour, that is your trade. Right, and that's, that's owning the two-year treasury. That's what I'm saying. Just well, you could do owning, it with the three, or you could do it with the three. No, no, no right, but, but, the, but the point is it's yeah, the two-year The two-year is, is the most sensitive. Uh, mathematical and sensitive to what the Federal Reserve is doing. Right. So why not do what they're doing? I'm, I'm, I'm only following those guys. Perfect. Robert Kessler, thank you for joining us on Wealth Track. <laughs> <It's> my pleasure. <laughs> At the close of every wealth track, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. If the economy is slowing, inflation is low, and the Fed is on hold or inclined to lower interest rates, where is a good place to invest some money? I have to agree with Kessler that one place is U.S. Treasuries. So this week's action point is own some U.S. Treasuries. Treasuries are the safe haven asset class when recession fears mount. Even if U.S. rates soften, they will still be higher and thus more attractive than government rates in other developed markets like Europe and Japan, which are slowing even more dramatically and are starting with much lower rates. Depending upon your comfort level, the longer the maturity, the more dramatic the price moves. For every 1% decline in yield, the two-year Treasury note's value will appreciate about 2%. The 10-year's value will rise nearly 9%, and the 30-year bond will appreciate almost 20%. And as Kessler drives home, if held to maturity, you will get your principal back on all of them. Well, next week in another WealthTrack exclusive, legendary value investor Joel Greenblatt explains why his style of active investing is beating the market. This week in our extra feature, Robert Kessler will explain how his extensive travels around the world have shaped his investment perspectives. And in the meantime, please continue to reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend and make the week ahead a profitable and a productive one.